Hi, welcome to the Book Talks Podcast. It's a podcast where we interview traditionally and self-published authors. What's their story about? What inspired them? What tips and advices they can give to aspiring writers and authors as well? In today's episode, we will be talking about the book entitled No Reservations. We will be talking about to the author named Miss Ava Lindsay Morrow. She is a member of the National League of American Pen Women and, and has not only published several works, but also been included in numerous anthologies. Uh, she's a high school special needs teacher, a mother of four, a grandmother of three. She dedicated her life to children. The topic of this book, uh, again entitled No Reservations, is about the main character, Mary on how she lived a simple life until she learned that she was not the natural-born daughter of her mother and father. As an adopted child herself, uh, Miss Ava Morrow, she has a unique understanding regarding family and its roots as well. So let's welcome on a podcast, on our podcast, Miss Ava Lindsay Morrow. Ava? Good afternoon. How Hello. are you doing? I'm well, and you? I'm doing great, ma'am. Thank you so much for having time for this interview. Um, let's get right to it. No reservations. What's the story all about? The story is about a little girl, Mary, who learns that she's adopted. And for an adopted person, that entails a lot of emotion and a lot of questions and a lot of concerns. The uniqueness, I think, about the book is the time frame is the 1960s when America is going through the pains of a nation and racism is a different vein than it is now but certainly um most concerning so she's learning that um she's not exactly who she thought she was she's learning she's not exactly the color that her parents are mm -hmm. and there's a lot of things going around in society that she has to come to grips with and it's more than just fighting who you are personally it's sort of Finding who you are in space and time. Mm -hmm. Can you can you explain uh, uh, regarding that? Because it's kind of unique. Yes, you said that it it happened. This the background of the story started in the nineteen sixties, where you know, right. uh, uh, civil war and all that, and racism was on its peak. Um, and because you did mention that um, she is of a different color than her parents yeah. um she would be an american indian oh okay so she's she is um and she finds out that her um adopted father has some indian in it indian blood as well not the same tribe not the same nation but apparently mm -hmm. maybe she was allowed to be adopted because there was that similarity which again gives a notion of the fact of how ignorant the world was about bloodlines and mm. and tribes and conditions so it's a subtle a subtle twist um i think that when you when you read a book i hope there's there's different levels there's one level where you read it and you say oh that was a nice story there's another mm. level where you have an understanding maybe from the back matter you bring and then there's a, more levels where it changes your mind or it affects your heart and um, and maybe you take a step out into the world different and make a, a change 
hopefully for the better. Mm-hmm. So, uh, hopefully the book has moments where it makes the reader think, maybe mm-hmm. challenges some things they knew or believed. Mm-hmm. So in the 1960s, here is a little girl that's not white, and it takes place in rural Georgia. Um, there's a scene in the in the read where she goes to a laundromat to wash clothes with her mother, and the sign on the door says "White only." And being mm-hmm. a child, she thought she thought her mother would be in trouble for washing colored clothes. And when she realizes that the sign was referring to people, wow! Goes to the book and finishes the story. Wow. It makes an impact. Wow! I, 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 yeah, I. That that hit a nerve, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, especially in the '60s, I think there was this sto- social stigma of not only having you know a, a, a different color in your skin, but also mm-hmm. the adoption per se. If you are like an adopted child, it was a, a thing of a, a social stigma, a big deal before. It was. Yeah, it was a big deal. The adoptions at that time were closed, so there was no knowledge of of biological connections because um i don't i cannot tell you exactly when open adoptions came into play but it was much later than the 60s probably mm. well into the 90s because mm. now 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 adoptions are, are not are, are pretty normal but then they were not it was closed sealed mm. And, mm. and um you would you would have no way of knowing unless you went through the courts mm. but this this character is is a is a child growing up uh, into adulthood, into high school age. So she's certainly not going to apply for the court. She's just trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so that's the challenge in the read is because there's all these tentacles of society that maybe you don't even realize affect you in your life, mm-hmm. but they do. Mm-hmm. And it's important. Um, it's important for this character. How important it is to us this day in our lives? Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer. To that. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just for a little bit of context uh, for our potential, you know, book buyers and listeners of this podcast, uh, Mary was uh, at, at what age on the story? She starts out elementary school, and it takes her through beginning of high school. Mm-hmm. The reason why I ask that because that takes a lot of pressure, and you know. During at at that age, you know, your 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 um, uh, being a social being, uh, mm-hmm. um, you, you're trying to develop that. You know, you're that's the time where you, you know, uh, um, from from uh, household to, you know, getting into the society, it could be mm-hmm. a lot of burden emotionally, uh, uh, um, for somebody who will be tagged, so to speak. Uh, exactly. that, you know, people would point fingers at you, unfortunately, uh, uh, that you are adopted. I, I, I say this, um, this uh, you know, I explained to you earlier that this type of story, uh, it has a, it's kind of close to my heart because I have a, I have a step, stepsister as well. And mm-hmm. um, I was already old enough to understand, to, 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 to saw mm-hmm. On her eyes, in, in her eyes, that the, uh, the 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 emotion that had developed when she learned, because uh, mm-hmm. like the character in the story, I think she was like around nine years old. My sister, in the beginning, yeah, yeah, oh, uh, 
yeah yeah and and, and, and when when she learned uh when when she had mm-hmm. an idea i mean all the all uh, i mean when she uh she got adopted at um when she was two months old and we oh, we yeah. never we, we never uh, you know um had any any information to her but that i think it was when she was like eight or nine years old that when she understand what being an adopted mm-hmm. child means um uh, i mean she she's kind of lucky that we never had we never set any boundaries we we treat her as definitely uh, uh more than even our uh, our, our, our biological uh, uh family mm-hmm. member um but it, it, like i mentioned this is something that is uh closer to home so to speak uh this kind of story and i know that that um there will be people that can that can uh, that can definitely relate to to this story fortunately for us the stigma of being an, an adopted child uh in in this day and age i hope you know i i, I believe mm-hmm. it's not as high as the 60s right well there's a scene in the book where mary tells one of her friends that she's adopted her friend's reaction is horrible pity and she says to her you mean your own mother didn't want you and that's a feeling that washes over adopted children on occasion Mm -hmm. and then there's a scene where her adoptive mother tells her how she couldn't have children and she wanted her and you're special but when you're when you're a child and your peers are saying your own mother didn't want you and your adoptive mother is saying you're Mm -hmm. so special there's Mm -hmm. a conflict in your heart Mm-hmm. And this book, hopefully, hopefully it, it takes the reader through a journey of, of trying to resolve some of that conflict. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's real. I will say that I, I firmly believe that unless you're in an adoptive family, you don't truly get it. I understand people that are, are trying to be understanding and they, and they want to. But unless you actually live it, it's, it's hard. I agree. It, it, it's hard to understand. Um, it's hard to articulate. It's more that you just grip it and feel it. Exactly. And, exactly. Um, and, and human beings, the worst punishment that we could ever give to a human being is to ostracize them. So exactly. you've got people, your children want to be part of a group, part of a family. Um, you know, you hear such quotes as, oh, blood's thicker than water, and you're adopted child, and you're thinking, yeah, well, I don't have their blood. So what does that mm-hmm. do to your heart? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's part of the story. Again, I hope that the reader will feel that's resolved. This is the first of four books. Um, mm-hmm. So it does continue. It does but, continue. Um, she, mm-hmm. she, she learns a lot. And it's, it's an, and, it's, and the, the setting of in the 60s, like I said, the na- nation is going through birth pains of civil rights. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, she's seeing things on the news of horrific things. There's a scene where she witnesses it in her hometown. And um, all that factors into who she becomes, and it, and the things I think the things that we see in our everyday factor into who we become. Mm-hmm. So again, I hope there's deeper meaning to some readers where they think about that mm-hmm. and, and think about exactly influences and how they allow those influences to impact their world. Mm-hmm. I like that these kinds of books that makes the the readers think, you know, uh, um, it makes the readers think. It makes the readers respond to to that thinking. And uh, when did you learn, though, Ava? When did you learn that you would want to write 
this book. And one might ask, uh, what inspired you to write this kind of story? Um, I have a degree in mathematics. So they say your right brain, left brain don't connect. Uh-huh. My mother was, and when I say mother, I speak of adopted mother because that's, that's my mother, the, uh-huh. the one that took care of me and sewed my Girl Scout patches on and cooked me brownies. Uh-huh. And that's my uh-huh. mother. Uh-huh. Um, but she was an elementary librarian, so books were keen in my life. I have always written. I always had a story. I've had a friend say to me, how can how do you think of a story? I'm saying you walk down the street and you see a bush by the sidewalk and you think, who planted it? Why did they plant it? Was it a volunteer? Was it a paid employment? Was it was it a hot day when they planted? I mean, you can just generate stories from seeing a tree mm-hmm. on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So I have said when I talk to writers groups, I need to write as much as I need to breathe. Mm-hmm. Characters shake me awake at night, and I've learned I might as well jot down what the story they're telling me so I can get some rest. That may be crazy, but there's mm-hmm. always a story. So I've always written, even though my I took a turn in school and got a math degree, but I've always written. This kind of story, I um, began to be called to talk to groups about adoption mm-hmm. in my late 20s. When I became a mother, that talk became very different. Because I then knew how it was to deliver a child. Um, And so nurture and nature and all those other complicated issues came in. So the story just developed over time. Um, I wanted to talk about racism issues, but it was difficult for me to do black and white because that's so... Um, intense still in America. Yes. So I, I chose the coward's way and I made her Native American. So that was mm-hmm. a little bit of a twist, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet she does witness some things in the South. I'm not sure I answered your question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you did. You uh, did. I, I just love. I just love listening to you because it. You, what you're what you're telling me does make sense. It does. And uh, um, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue, please. Oh no! I just. I, I, I see a story everywhere. I love, you know, the Paul Harvey when he say, what's the rest of the story? I'm always mm-hmm. digging for that. But, you know, mm-hmm. if you can't figure it out, just make something up and call it fiction. <laughs> <laughs> and, I think that's I one, think, one strategy. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also think that the best way to be a good writer is to read. And I mm-hmm. read everything. I mm-hmm. read bad work because I think I can do better. I read great classical works because I think you've got something to aspire to. Mm -hmm. Sadly, I read mediocre because that seems to be mostly what's in print these days. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think if you want to be a good writer, you need to read and read Mm -hmm. voraciously. That's a very good point because one of the main goal of this podcast is to basically inspire uh, writers and even uh, you know, published authors that may have in, you know, encountering somewhat somewhat like a, a, of a writer's block or they're basically looking for an idea to basically push their story. Um, I'd like to know, though. What, See, I, what, don't block. W- what I, I don't understand writer's block. What makes you say that? Well, like I said, I can see a tree planted on the sidewalk and say, what, what's the story? Nice. You know, who uh-huh. did it? Why? 
Mm-hmm. I, I literally, I again, characters would wake me up in the night, and I'm thinking, I've said, please, I don't mm-hmm. want to tell a story today, <laughs> and yet, and yet, here I am because. Mm-hmm. And then I've also had some. This is kind of a weird thing, but I've had ideas come. I wrote a story once about the, a person that had a medical condition that I had never heard of, totally made it up. But then as I researched, I find out it actually is a medical condition that exists. And wow. I was astonished. And so I've had kind of bizarre things like that. Uh-huh. You know, they, people talk about the writer, writer's cults, and um, you you understand the heartbeat of the the nations and, and somehow you tap into it. I don't know if that's true. Uh-huh. I just know that things come to me and I write them uh-huh. down. Uh-huh. Hence the, uh, this is basically the first of the four books you said. Yes. I, I, I thought I didn't know when it was first considered for publication, they wanted to break it up mm-hmm. and I wanted to half it, but it, Ended up being forced because you know they're you're, you're an unknown author. Nobody's going to you know buy a beer book. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know about that. But that's a good strategy. But the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and it's a quick read. I think you could probably read the whole thing in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a quick read, but there are some undercurrents. I hope again that make people think. And adoption's one of them. Uh, the different colors and how we we treat each other is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, the nation struggling. You know, that's certainly not a new story. We're struggling right now. Um, and maybe looking back at how how we made it through a few decades ago might help us get some insight how to make it through this day. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I just wrote what was in my heart. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, it would be dangerous for society not to learn from its past. And it can go to different types of topics, you know, uh, the, the, the civic society, adoption, race, gender, salary. Mm-hmm. It, it could be a lot of things, right? But it, when that's, that's the right. reason why um, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, it, it makes me laugh because there, there are some people uh, uh, in, 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 in today's society where they are, try, they are fond of bringing what is so-called, quote-unquote, alternative truth i mean i don't think that there is a a version of a truth i mean as they say you can have your own opinion but you can have your own version of truth right so um uh, in the the south we call that the devil's truth (laughs) explain that please Uh, um, what's the devil's truth well this is what you're saying it's it's your own version or you take a you take a kernel of truth and twist it into something that no longer resembles the the base. It, it, yeah, and they, it's just a different name for what it's a different name for what you're talking about. <laughs> it's just they're trying to. What, what's crazy is that they would make they will make their self believe that what they're trying to execute uh, 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 is right. true, even if it's not. So and and. Uh, um, have you have you shared this to like a uh, um, uh, uh, um, to your friends, family members, I, I'd like to know wh- what's their, you know, reaction uh, um, when when they, you know, done reading the book. Well, the first reaction is, "Wow, I know so much about you now," and I have to say, this is fiction. There's only one scene in that book that was actually something that happened to me. This is fiction. 
They don't believe that. Um, my <laughs> husband is also an adopted child, so his mother mm. read it and saw the adoption angle and, and was very touched. Um, I'm a member of a book club. We're supposed to submit books to read for next year, and um, I jokingly said, oh, well, y'all can read my book, and they're like, you wrote a book? It's like, yeah, well, I, I can't. <laughs> they have to wait to get a copy for a while, but um, they're very uh-huh. interested. Mm-hmm. It's always kind of, you always think, why would anybody want to read something that I wrote? I, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> but I've had a lot of favorable, favorable reactions to it. Um, a lot of the favorable mostly was the family and the way, um, the way even an adopted child was loved and, and family and what it meant. There's a scene where they have like a family reunion and, and talk about the children. It talks about the men that had been lost to war and various Mm -hmm. other things. And, um, so my friends reacted to the, the family aspect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, then I had there's one where Mary near the end she her mother's always just wanting her to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And she asked her mother about that. And her mother's like, it makes a person feel good when they know they've done a job well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. People 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 don't think they've got everything yet. They have everything. What else do they need? They're searching for something. And she's she, her mom's just saying. Do something and do it well, and then and then you'll know what it feels like to have a good feeling about yourself, even if it seems something mediocre. Do mm-hmm. it well, do it correct, mm-hmm. and you and you'll understand. Mm-hmm. I don't know this age. Um, I'm an old lady. I have three grandchildren, which we don't want to go there because I'll never stop because they are the best children on the face of the earth. I'll just say that. But, <laughs> yeah, I would um, agree. <laughs> you know, you, with four children. Um, Watching them grow and fight into their own and get through school and and get jobs and what they, they're all very different and um and and when they all gather we're very loud just because there's a lot of us with spouses and all but the things that they say and do astonish me mm-hmm. and things that um the young the young people again I'm dating myself the the way they um, information lands on them it, it astonishes me. It's like you said, it's like they don't have a basic of truth, a core somewhere. Yeah. Which means I may have failed as a, I may have failed as a parent there, but I taught mm-hmm. my children to um I valued their opinion even when they were younger, which meant I had to listen to them a lot. Um mm-hmm. but I want them to think if, when I taught like I said, I taught special needs. I will just make a brief comment about that. Um mm-hmm. I had a lot of autistic students, which mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I abhor the autistic mind fascinates me. I, mm-hmm. These children me more than I can say. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very literal, and they'll mm-hmm. tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And that is so valuable to me. Yeah. They're so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think that a lot of people, they don't speak the truth because they want you to like them. And that's part of being a kid. You know, in middle school, the age of Marion part of this time, you... you you know, middle school girl, one minute they want to play the doll- with dolls and the next minute they want to go on a date and their bodies are changing and they don't know, mm-hmm. you know, they're crazy. That's part, of, that's part of growing up, which is one more reason they need some loving guidance. And mm-hmm. I don't know that our, I don't know how well we're providing that these days. But that's yeah, pessimistic. I mean, actually, that makes sense. And that, that I think that, uh, you know, as, 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 as a father of two, 
that you can you can only guide them so much but they will be their own uh, uh person yeah. out in the society but if for me mm-hmm. i think if if they know the 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 you know the basic foundation of what 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 uh, uh you know value integrity and truth is i mean mm-hmm. y- y- you would yeah. never be bothered of how will they become and um yeah. and uh, i i i kind of admire your perspective on things cuz um with with you on on uh, being an educator with you being a a a, a, a granny or grandma with you being uh, a mom and with you being an author i i i think this brings a lot of uh ingredients so to speak to a book that uh that could inspire uh um uh people they may or may not have stories of their own regarding adoption they may have a a story regarding you know because for me i think what makes the book unique aside from the story mm-hmm. itself is that you can actually equate this not only for having a, a the topic of adoption but again it could be a topic of race or gender inequality or or, or salary mm-hmm. Uh, or, or basically societal issues that are that are pivotal, and um, yeah. you know you as an author again these kinds of stories are are essential. Um, we we are advancing in a more uh, uh, um, technical or, or advanced uh, you know with with all, with the yeah. advent of internet and all that. I think people right. should should step back and and just sit for a while and read a good book and this book is just one of them. Well, you are immensely flattering and I appreciate your thought. Uh, I'm pray that I'm worthy. Uh, and, I am. You know, my mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say my my daddy said that um the world went lost everything when with the invention of air conditioning because nobody sat on the porches and waves at their neighbors anymore which i i know sounds like a silly thought but as you said the internet we have more we have more friends on facebook we don't actually speak to another individual and we've lost that fellowship and it's i think really important to have that fellowship it it Mm -hmm. helps us to have compassion and understanding in a way that we don't get when we're talking to a machine Mm, exactly. Uh, there was there's this one story. Uh, I think I've read this like a week ago, that uh, uh, men in the U.S. are uh, are are having less friends than mm. m- than men in the eighties, nineties, and early two thousands. It could be because of the you know the advent of internet. Uh, one other example is that in if Japan, the country Japan, mm-hmm. might not exist in uh, in a hundred years or may- maybe fifty years, fifty to a hundred years, if they have low birth rate. They, they, what yeah. I think my my point here is that people are so worked up, uh, uh, and I, I, um, this basically goes in the the foundation of family, I guess. And I'd like to. Right. Uh, um, I'd like to know, though, you know, before you are a writer, um, before you've written the story, 
um, and when when you were conceptualizing this and you've come up with the story, what was one of the most um, surprising things that you've learned in in creating this book or these books? How intensely I feel about family. Mm-hmm. I think it it made me realize that that was very important when before I took it for granted. Mm-hmm. But trying to explain the the family issues for this character. I realized how intense family is to me and important. Mm-hmm. And and that does back to the bloodline. As an adopted child, you know, your family, you, I guess, to be silly, create your own trial. I'm not saying it has to be a family. Mm-hmm. As we grow, as we grow and become like my son has a wife and, and they're his, he's much closer to his peers that he graduated college with. And so that becomes mm-hmm. a family unit. So I'm not, but when you talk about the fellowship, I, I guess what I, what I was surprised at how intense family is, then you have to question, um, I, am I that thoughtful mm-hmm. regarding family because I'm an adopted child? Back to nature mm-hmm. and nurture. I, I don't know mm-hmm. the answer to that. I can't step away from it and be objective to discover the answer. I just mm-hmm. know that I have an intense feeling about the importance mm-hmm. of family. Mm-hmm. I would agree because um, uh, I think w- this book uh, and this kind of story, uh, I, you know, I go to Amazon, I, 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 I talk to different authors. These kinds of, of stories uh, makes you, you know, think, uh, think deep and reflect uh, of what your role is in a society. And that's very important. Uh, and uh, you know, we, we uh, um, like you mentioned, I think earlier that uh, we ought to say things that we don't really mean, just for us to be liked by people that you know, you, you know. And uh, um, and with with uh, as as we wind down with this with this interview, what would be your um, your 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 best advice for 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 uh, aspiring writers that uh, uh, would want to have this kind of unique story such as yours. I think that well, like I said before, the best way to be a good writer is to be an avid reader. Uh-huh. But I think it's you know you you always hear write what you know. I, I think everybody does have a story in their core. And I think if you if you are authentic, if you allow yourself to to write, even if it's fiction, even if it's science fiction, or what, if you're authentic, then you can come upon a storyline that will touch other people. Because that's one thing about growing old and being a granny. You know, when you're in middle school and high school, you think nobody's ever been through what you're going through. Nobody's ever felt the way I felt. Well, when you get as old as me, you realize, yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> We do have yeah. a great common ground, and we need to honor each other and respect that. Mm-hmm. So write what you know, mm-hmm. be authentic. And write what you know and be authentic. Me, mm-hmm. And you know, I can't, I'm, I can't be other than what I am. You know, I mm-hmm. there's, I can't pretend. Um, I try to, I, I try to hold my tongue sometimes. Basically, I'm not going to say, if someone asks me point blank my opinion, I, I'll probably give it. I, I'm not, not an advice giver. I figure you know way more about your life and what you should do than I will ever know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think if we can be our authentic selves and just be honest and maybe walk through life unafraid, which is difficult unless you have faith. Exactly. Um, And on that note, um, be authentic and be who you are. That's, I think, one of the many uh, takeaways of this interview. You have let me uh, realize a lot of things. Being a father being a, a brother, being a communicator in general with this mm-hmm. type of story of yours, with this type of interview that we do have. Uh, Ms. Morrow, please uh, invite everybody to grab a copy of your book. Oh, you are most kind. I thank you so very much. Not a problem. And this has been a joy for me. You're wonderful. Not a problem. And again, the title of the book is No Reservations by Ava Lindsay Morrow. You can grab a copy on uh, uh, Amazon, Barnes Noble, online book buying sites, bookstores, and libraries. I thank you so much for your time, Ava. I look thank forward in talking to you for those other three books eventually. Well, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, ma'am. You have a great one. Thank Happy you. weekend. You as well. You're, you're awesome. Have a good day. Bye-bye. And take care. Bye-bye.